Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is Wednesday, May 18th. Michael Beller, Brandon Funston, and Dan Santa Ramita are here with you. We're doing sing-songy voice because we're getting ready for Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Heat and the Celtics. The Heat take Game 1 after a wildly impressive third quarter performance. Celtics go into halftime up eight in that game, looking like they're handling the uh, absence of both Marcus Smart and Al Horford, and the Heat come all the way back and basically bury them in that third quarter. 39-14 to made all the difference in that game, and so now we look ahead to game two in this matchup, which takes place on Thursday. Dan Santa Ramita, what's going on, man? I mean, I, I, for one, I really thought that the Celtics were handling themselves well. I mean, they, frankly, they were handling themselves well, and then must have been a hell of a, a series of adjustments made by Eric Spolster and the coaching staff in uh, halftime because he came out and dominated that second half. Yeah, that third quarter run, it was like, I don't know what it finished at. It was 18-2, 20-2. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting, you know, we talk about these teams as defensive teams and the weird kind of some of their parts. I think they're, these teams are both well-built units that you look at the rosters mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. aren't as impressed as what they actually look like. And when Boston was missing two pieces, you realize it does not have some of the parts anymore. And I think that was kind of the difference. You know, when Peyton Pritchard is playing, uh, what, 30 minutes and throwing up 16 shots, mm-hmm. Boston might be in trouble. <laughs> Worked great for Oregon. Worked great for Oregon back in the Pac-12 days. But, uh, yes, it did, unfortunately, this isn't, for this a isn't Washington quite, fan like myself. Yeah, right, Boston. This isn't quite Pac-12 basketball he's playing now. No, well, he played some. Still, so it's funny. He played some Pac-12 basketball down there at the end when he, you know, it was interesting. Jalen Brown was like, he was just seeing white light at the end there. He was like just draining threes mm-hmm. left and right and trying to bring him back. And then Pritchard came down. If you remember, he hit that three. And then I think he just had a complete heat check where he decided to just barrel into the lane. But if they would have, if they would have came down and hit another three there, I think it would have been a six point game mm-hmm. and. There might have things might have got a little bit interesting down the stretch, but I think Pritchard kind of uh, got a little bit uh, gung ho there and and completely just forced up, you know, that lane drive where he got mm-hmm. blocked and and at that point that was it that was a nail in the coffin. Yeah, it really did have that feeling to it, right? And, and when you when you're talking about making those furious comebacks late, it, that's really all it takes, right? Is one stop and one score the other way, and what feels like you're sort of kind of still in it just feels like a done deal just like that and we saw that uh, with the heat taking care of business and taking game one at home against the celtics good news for the celtics good news for us as impartial basketball fans is that it looks like marcus smart's going to be able to return from his foot injury for game two of course we are you know this is wednesday the game's not till thursday so we don't know for sure but all signs point to marcus smart being back for the celtics for game two all signs point to Al Horford likely not being cleared from health and safety protocols for that game. Again, no official word. They're not ruling them out just yet, but most likely it is Marcus Smart in and Al Horford out for game two. And so with that in mind, let's talk about the lines here. This was a one and a half point spread for game one. It is now up to Miami minus four and a half for game two. And that one and a half was before Spartan Horford were ruled out. It did bump up after that, but still we were talking about a three point difference from the opening lines, game one to game two, Miami minus four and a half, two Oh seven and a half. The total on this game, that is a bump up of four points from where this opened for game one from two Oh three and a half to two Oh seven and a half. So let's start talking about this guys. I mean, you know, Marcus smart, we assume he is going to be back a huge get for the Celtics. Uh, Funston is that. I mean, we know things are going to change for Boston. 
can they change enough, especially when you consider what they were able to do in the first half of that game. It was really just that third quarter. Otherwise, you know, the Celtics were uh, taking care of business. And even in the fourth quarter, they outscored Miami by seven, eight points and, and made it something of a game, as we talked about here. Marcus Smart's a huge get back for this team. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Abe, his defense is is just huge. I mean, and uh, you know, Jimmy Butler. They, obviously, they were making a point of switching on to getting Butler onto to Peyton Pritchard, and yep. that will just be out of the equation for the most part. So, um, look, I love the four and a half. I, I saw it earlier at at four, but to get the extra half, I think that's huge. We talked about it already. Boston, other than that third quarter collapse. Outscored Miami by 14 in the three other quarters, um, and they did it without Smart and Horford. And again, I, I mentioned how it could have been a lot closer down down in the final couple minutes there, um, and Pritchard forced that one and then let it get away to 11. But look, I think I think Boston is going to cover the four and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say they're outright going to win, but I love getting four and a half if you're a Celtics. Uh, I think you know my mind is this one's likely to go seven, and this will be a kind of game where I think Boston either steals one or just makes it really interesting down the, down the stretch of the game. I, I like the over. See, I, I think that the four and a half spread is interesting and I, I kind of lean your way, but I don't know that I'm confident enough. I, we don't know what version of Marcus smart we're going to see. It's an ankle injury, right? So like, yeah, it, if he's going to be, you know, if he's still not hundred percent, Miami's going to try and get him to guard Jimmy Butler with a bum ankle, right? I mean, that seems like an obvious play. Call it a midfoot. I don't. I mean, uh, yeah. Some, who knows? It's in point. it's in the general vicinity of the ankle. <laughs> yeah, but. Right. 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 Yeah. The vagaries of NBA injuries just just gotta uh-huh. love it as a better. But yeah, it's, I still think <laughs> if he's not a hundred percent, I'm gonna think that Boston's defense is going to be a little bit off, and therefore I'd be more confident in uh, in taking the over. This this game went way over in game one mm-hmm. i don't think horford's a big reason why it's not like bam Adebayo had a big game offensively inside against uh, you know the interior defense of boston so i i i don't know i really like like the over the sides you could flip a coin to me i'm with funston on this i like the celtics a lot i mean even if even if we're talking about not quite a 100 percent marcus smart we're going to be talking about some we're going to be a, a defensive improvement for Boston, all right. I mean, unless and, and you know, like NBA teams can do a very good job of hiding just how severe injuries are this time of year. We didn't even really know Chris Paul was hurt until after uh, the Phoenix and Dallas series ended. So they can do a they can do a good enough job of it, but it's a little different when a guy actually misses time. And so, like, I just feel like we're gonna get even if we're not getting Marcus Smart in all of his defensive glory, it's going to be a much harder night for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's not getting to the line eighteen times in Game Two. I just I, I feel comfortable assuming that that's not going to be the case. Jimmy Butler is not going to be able to individually dominate the game the way that he did in game one. And it's not because Jimmy Butler's incapable of that. We've seen him do it in Chicago. We saw him do it in Minnesota. We're seeing him do it in Miami. He can do those things, but it's just not going to be the same situation for him. It's not going to be the same sort of matchup for him. I and mean, it's just, it's, it just flat out isn't. And so even if we're not getting all of Marcus Smart, getting whatever version of Marcus Smart we do get in Game 2 is going to be, I think, a whole lot tougher for Jimmy Butler and the entire Miami Heat offense to deal with than what they did in Game 1. And then again, like, you know, 20 to 2 runs, like whatever, like those don't happen just purely by accident, but they happen a little bit by accident, maybe a little bit by luck. And I mean, that is what really won the game for Miami. This was a not only an evenly contested match outside of that run, but this was a game where, you know, Boston looked like the better team for 
I don't know, 32 of the 48 minutes that this game was played. And uh, Miami was like 300% better during the 16 minutes that they looked like the better team. And that was the difference maker here. And so, you know, Boston was grinding, grinding, grinding. Miami had this one great flourish and the flourish overwhelmed the grind. I think you, you put that together and four and a half feels a little bit like a gift here. It just feels like a little bit of an overreaction to me. Yeah, it was a bigger spread than I, I thought it would be. And um, and so I, I was thinking it would be three and a half. And so they get the extra point. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you for all the reasons you said. I think it's going to be a, a tight game. And, um, you know, this this could be – I mean, we've seen it a lot in this in the playoffs here of – Boston team, especially just, you know, splitting, mm-hmm. splitting homes, homes, you know, one, one kind of, but that's, I think the nature of what happens when you have these really good defenses, you know, as again, they're both top four defenses and you have guys like Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and even Jalen Brown, who can take over games and it kind of just, you know, it can kind of just end up on, as we say, a flourish by one side can can pull this game off. So, again, we get back to the fact that Boston maybe has more guys that can flourish than Miami does. So, uh, I, give, I put that as a feather in their cap as well. Jason Tatum, 10 for 21 in this game, 2 for 9 from 3. Jalen Brown was 7 for 17. You put the two of them together, 17 for 38. That's a win for Miami. I mean, right there, that, that that's a big win for Miami. And Miami can do that. I'm not saying they can't do that again, but, it, like, these are still things that – the way that Miami won this game, I would not bet that that script is available to them in game two. And four and a half is a pretty sizable number when we're talking about the quality of these two teams. And that's why I'm, I'm leaning Boston. I do like what you're saying with the over, Dan. I, I do think that when you, when you talk about a game clearing the total as comfortably as this one did, I would tend to go back in that same direction the next game, and you see the uh, you know the odds makers bumping it up by four points. I Man, that's a significant number. If you remember back to, gosh, was that uh, was that Memphis and Minnesota? I think in the first round, yeah. where the totals were in the two forties, and by the time that series ended, we were down in the two thirties. But it was yeah. incremental. It wasn't like we they were suddenly dropping things four points. I mean, I think there was a four point drop at one point, but that was like game three to game four, or game four to game five. It wasn't game one to game two. I th- that game went way under in game one, and they came back in game two and took it from two forty one and a half to like two forty and a half. And so they can't bump this up from two hundred three and a half to two fifteen and a half. That's just ridiculous. So odds makers, I think, are you know are adjusting in as strong a way as they possibly can by bumping this up four whole points. Yeah, and what's interesting is you talked about Tatum and and Brown and their production. Now Tatum, efficiency wise, ten of twenty one is very good. He, you know, maybe he makes another three or two. But the thing that stands mm-hmm. out is the seven turnovers, and that's the one. And maybe is a little bit counter to my over argument because he did wind up with twenty nine points. But the seven turnovers, it's not going to be as easy for him when Butler's going up against him than what he was facing against Milwaukee without Middleton. So that whole dynamic, I think, is going to play – that's the sides and the overs, right, or the totals, I should say. Those, you know, how Tatum and Brown can score against who's guarding them versus what they saw last series. I don't think we're going to see Jason Tatum, you know, as as Funston would say, see the white light and just, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) scored 45 or something like he was doing in some of those, Mm -hmm. you know, outrageous Mm -hmm. games against Milwaukee. I'm sure he. I'm not saying he can't have one or two in him, but to do it as consistently as he did with Jimmy Butler on him a lot, I, I don't know. And that's that's look. This is a heavyweight fight as far as uh, you know two way guards are concerned. These guys going at each other. I, I the turnovers for Tatum is the thing that stands out to me most in the box score. 
Thank what you. What do yes. we make of that? Look, and I, I forgot to bring this up the last time, but I've been betting the over on Tatum the last couple games on the turnovers, and it's still sitting at three and a half. It hasn't <laughs> moved. The juice isn't crazy. It's like minus 130, but he's been seven, four, and seven. He's gotten a lot of four-plus turnover games in the in the postseason, and you know, going up against one of the top defensive teams mm-hmm. in the NBA, I'm just going to keep going on the over on the three and a half from Tatum. So, um and, and, you know, I thought it was interesting also that, like, down the stretch, you know, Tatum's typically the guy. You know, he's the kind of guy that's going to mm-hmm, put himself mm-hmm. in the forefront and try to bring this team back. And he was kind of AWOL there down down the, you know, the second half of the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens if there's another, you know, another push down the stretch, another close one, if if Tatum, you know, is able to assert himself and be the be the dominant force for them. Two of nine from three from him is just not going to cut it for Boston. Yeah, that's yeah. always going to be an, an ugly look for for them if if that's what they're getting out of Tatum from behind their arc. I mean, Jalen Brown made four threes, and so he you know he he did carry the weight. And like you said, Funson, a couple of those at the end of the game or in the fourth quarter that uh, you know made it uh, something a little bit more of a game than it felt like it was just a few minutes previously. Yeah, uh, just so really quickly, I just I just looked it up. Tatum didn't score a basket in the final seven and a half minutes. So I mean, yeah, yeah that that's not going to work. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not going to work for Boston uh, with Marcus Smart, without Marcus Smart, with Al Horford, without Al Horford. They need they're going to need big performances from Jason Tatum throughout the full forty eight, and though uh, didn't get that clearly in Game One. That's uh, you know that 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 turnover prop is pretty interesting. Especially you know like even with Marcus Smart back, I mean because of the sort of player Tatum is and the sort of series this is, like he's going to have to handle the ball a lot. He's going to have to be an on ball player for them. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, sorry, I was I was focusing on another prop I like is a Jimmy Butler over seven and a half rebounds. Uh, something he's done in seven of the last nine games. So yeah. he's really, I mean, and he's done it comfortably in, in at, at least a few of those. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's nine another in one. game nine in yeah. game one five offensive rebounds for Jimmy Butler in game one. I, just the more I watch him, the more I just <laughs> respect that guy. He's just yeah. such a such just a, such a hard hat, rock solid player you know and um i don't always assume of him just kind of like an offensive takeover guy but man mm-hmm. he's really he's really been doing it big does time a, yeah does a lot of the winning things that you look for out of uh you know the you know, the the heat are not one of these like oh we have like this is very obviously our i mean i guess they are that but i was like it's you know, him bam out of bio tyler hero with his ability to score the ball Right, they're they're they've got something of a of a um, you know full team approach more so than you know, maybe we talk about with Dallas where it's Luca and everyone else. But uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, showing up as the best player for the Heat in Game One and showing you why that when push comes to shove, he is this team's best player. All right, guys. So Jalen Brown, twenty three and a half points is the prop for him. Jason Tatum, twenty eight and a half. Jimmy Butler, twenty six and a half. Bam Adebayo, fifteen and a half. Any of those point scores interesting to you, Mister Santa Ramita? I think I like uh, the Jason Tatum over. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't love any of those right away. Out of bio, it's super interesting because he was really quiet despite playing 37 minutes in game one. Mm-hmm. And in fact, also interesting is basically he missed that third quarter run. He had a plus minus and minus five and then he won by 11. So that's a matchup they're going to have to figure out. I, I'd stay away from him for a little bit. Um, but yeah, Tatum, look, you said it two for nine from three. Didn't make a field goal in the last eight minutes. Yeah. The turnovers were there. His second half was – I think he was one for seven overall in the mm-hmm. second half, but he was on fire in the first half. 
if 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 this game were kind of saying like he was not so great and quiet late and he still scratches over that, I think I'd lean towards taking the over. If he doesn't, even it's like what a C level game for him, and he hits the over by half point, like mm-hmm. I'll I'll take that. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably my favorite here too. Max Struess is sitting at twelve and a half uh, for his prop. Say so you get you get a little bit of plus money if you want to go over plus one hundred. Um, I don't know. I mean, Max Struess had what like nine field goal attempts in that game. How many times is Max Struess going to get to shoot the ball nine times? Great, great I feel like Max, Max Struess had a, a perfectly Max Struess kind of game: three three pointers and one yeah. one bucket <laughs> from the field, and you get right. to eleven. I'm steering clear from the twelve and a half. I might actually take the under. Yeah, I love he, the under there. He the only he way did. he gets over twelve and a half is if he makes four threes. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just that, that's the only way it's happening for him. I wonder if Jimmy Butler is getting too high though. What did you say it was twenty six and a half? Twenty six and a half for Jimmy. Yeah. And this is a guy that averaged twenty one point four during the season. Uh, we mentioned there's going to be Marcus Smart back. Um, I feel like there could be, you know, Jimmy Butler's been over this a ton, but he's he's also been under it. I think it was he's six and four on this prop in the last ten games. Uh, so I just feel like maybe you know with. Without the benefit of eighteen foul shots, we're we're assuming this time around mm-hmm. with Marcus Smart out there. Without the benefit of being able to take advantage of Peyton Pritchard as much, um, maybe we see him dip under that and still have a great game. But twenty six, twenty five points. I mean, that's I could see that coming from him. I like Jalen Brown. He got to twenty four. His season average is twenty three point six, and he's sitting right at a season average. I mean, he looks he looks like a guy who's shooting confidently right now. And, um, again, like I said, Jason Tatum didn't assert himself down the stretch. Jalen Brown did. We'll see if that carries over. But I would, I'd be inclined to just bet Jalen Brown on over his season average by a half point again, yeah, like he did I, in game one. That's not a bad one. And I also kind of – Jalen Brown's rebound prop is six and a half, and you're getting plus 110 on the over. He had mm-hmm. 10 in game one. He had eight in the final game against Milwaukee. He had eight in another game against Milwaukee. He had 12 in game uh, – was that? Three – against Milwaukee so he's gone over the six and a half in three of his last five and uh, maybe a little bit of Marcus Smart plays into him getting the 10 boards yesterday but I don't know I mean this is to get plus money on a number that he's done three of the last five games and let's see one other one two two other games in the playoffs he's coming at six a couple of times in the playoffs so just under it just feels like he plays enough and he's in the right spots where six and a half you know seven rebounds is always going to be in play for him so to get plus money I mean the rebounds unless we're talking you know a you know Rudy Gobert sort of player a bam out of bio like rebounds are always going to be a little bit screwy but he seems to always be in a position to get somewhere between five and eight boards and so if you're going to get plus money on it it feels like a not a bad play well, it also feels like with Al Horford out, that's yeah. Horford. You know, his points went up and down, but he was a consistent rebounder, and mm-hmm. so there is a there is a vacancy there that yep. uh, opportunities for some others. And you mentioned, you know, the games against Milwaukee. Most of those games, I think Smart only missed one of those games. So I'm yeah. sure Brown had some big rebounding games when Smart was Alongside. out there as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. So no, uh, no uh, Luca style PRAs. The highest one is Jason Tatum at forty and a half. Jimmy Butler's at thirty nine and a half. Bam. Uh, Jalen Brown's at thirty three and a half. And then you go all the way down to twenty seven and a half uh, on Bam. I, I, this part of the podcast uh, that I'm about to bring up here is going to be uh, uh, dead after Tuesday night. But I mean, we talked about it a little a couple of days ago, you guys. Luca fifty one and a half. That's just. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's too wild. high. It's wild. It's too high. <laughs> <laughs> Not that not that he can't do it, but that's like there's two people that are getting that, and it's it's Giannis and him, yeah. and it's not super often that you see. Those, well, I guess uh, you need a, you need a triple double or forty points. Is if you're going to bet the over, <laughs> you sort of have to assume right. it's one of those two things that yeah. he's getting. 
Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Like, 35, 8, and 8 is 51. And he needs 51 and a half. <laughs> 35, 8, and 8 just doesn't get it done. Doesn't and get it done. And Golden State's a really good defensive team, <laughs> too. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, I'll be, I, I'm under on that. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, un, I'm under on that, too. But I, I like... Uh, I don't know. Jimmy Butler, 39 and a half as a PRA. Is that getting anyone's juices flowing on e- either side? Jason Tatum, 40 and a half. Those are the big ones in this game. I kind of like Butler's over just because I feel like he'll get the rebounds and assists. To, to, and, and if it's a close game, like we think, if the line's tight, like he's going to hit his free throws. He's going to get to the line late, you know, pad up those numbers. I don't love it enough to bet it, but I, I kind of kind of like it. All right. Jalen yeah. Brown, thirty-three and a half, is interesting. I'm just because I'm turning this into like the Jalen Brown show, right? <laughs> I, 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 two days ago I'm with big, you guys making the case for him at twenty to one to be the Finals MVP. I'm a big fan of Jalen Brown. Brown. Yeah, another I mean, Pac-12 just, guy. There you go. Plays plays forty minutes. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just goes to the gets to the line all the time. You know, he's just a. He's a guy on the playground that is like a legend. You know, he's yeah. just out there just holding court over and over again. So on the season, he averaged 23.6, 6.1 boards, 3.5 assists. So that 33.5 comes in like basically right at it. He's like 30, what's that, 33.1? Quick math there, 33.2. 33.2. And so, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I that's a, that's an interesting one to me too. But like you said, fun. I mean, we like we're almost certain there's going to be no Al Horford here, so this could be another double digit rebound game for Jalen Brown. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Go ahead, Dan. So, Bella, you're, you're you've been obviously between game one and then what we're here, what I'm hearing from terms of props and stuff for game two. Are you looking to to buy in on on Celtics? What it looks like plus one twenty five for the series. Is that a number that entices you? Um, you know what? That does sort of entice me, but I also kind of just like taking the plus 150 and just having to win this one game here. Okay. That's what the money line is for game two. Um, I mean, I still do think that Boston wins this series. I mean, Miami, like, you know, like we, we've talked about it a little bit and Miami is like, I would love to go back and comb through and like, see if I could find old news stories. And I mean, finding old news stories, I guess these days isn't like going and looking up microfiche at the uh, local <laughs> library. So it'd be pretty easy to do. Like, but just anecdotally, it's, this feels like we haven't seen a one seat so disrespected, especially like into the Eastern Conference, into the conference finals. Miami deserves, you know, absolutely all the credit in the world for being in this position. Yes. They took care of business in game one, but like, you know, they took care of business in the way we talked about. And with Boston being down two key players, I still think that we like, you know, if we're getting Marcus Smart back and we're getting basically 100% Marcus Smart back, that Boston's still the better team in this series. So, yeah, I do think plus 125 on the series price is a nice bet to make. I haven't made it yet, but maybe I will. Thanks for pointing it out, Dan. <laughs> well, because my thought was like, because I, I locked in Miami plus one fifty before Game One, and I was like, Ooh, I could, I could lock in a profit here. Do I do it? Do I do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the plus one fifty for the Game Two money line. I just think that they, they, I mean, if not for a horrible stretch of team basketball out of Boston, and then a horrible stretch of Jason Tatum, and like Miami deserves a ton of credit for Jason Tatum not scoring for the last seven and a half minutes of that game. But at the same time, if you are a player of Jason Tatum's caliber and you don't score for a seven and a half minute stretch, notably in the fourth quarter, a seven and a half minute stretch, like you've got a hand in that too. Like yeah, no well, defense yeah, just does that you. to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you take those, you take the team wide stretch in the third quarter, the individual stretch from Tatum in the fourth quarter, you throw Marcus Smart back in there. I don't know. I think Boston takes care of business. 
Well, that's just back to Dan's point. Like, what do we make of the seven turnovers, which has now happened in two of his last three games, mm-hmm. and he kind of has a disappearing act in the final seven and a half minutes. Boston can ill afford for Jason Tatum to go through like a even a blip of crisis of confidence, right? Like, he can't mm-hmm. have like just a you know a couple games off where he kind of figures you know refigures himself out. Like, he, they need him immediately to re- yeah. to rebound in this game for sure. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree with you there. All right. Um, let's lock things in here. Let's lock in. Uh, so my, I'm, I like Celtics plus four and a half. I'm going to probably sprinkle a little bit of Celtics money line. And then I guess my favorite prop, as we've talked through him, is probably Jalen Brown going over the six and a half rebounds. What do you like in here, Funston? Let's uh, wrap uh, things up. My, my favorite prop is over three and a half turnovers for Jason Tatum. I'm taking Boston, given, given, getting the four and a half as mm-hmm. well. And uh, yeah, those are my two faves. Big Dan? I got the over. I'm probably going to follow Funston on the turnover prop, but I, I think I also like uh, Tatum's over 28 and a half points. All right. There we go. Bunch of picks to look at as we get into game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, hey, depending on when you're listening to this, you're going to have so much time to make the bets. That's what we like to do. Give you as much shelf life as possible. And then you go out and make the decisions with a little bit of hopefully cogent and sound advice from the three of us. It's going to wrap things up here on Best on the Board. Thanks so much for being with us. For Dan, for Funston, I'm Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. Talk to you soon. See ya.